a key thing for anyone as a leader is to be able to have the courage to challenge themselves and their perceptions and just to check if they have fallen into, let's say, a cognitive bias trap. your host, Anna Malikian. And before we start with today's show, please remember to visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at mindset.zone. Today, our special guest is Patti Froyon. She is a speaker, executive coach, and intercultural leadership consultant. Patti has over 30 plus years of corporate experience, including global executive positions at ExxonMobil, and her mission now is to help leaders create strategic breakthroughs in their careers and businesses. Welcome to the Mindset Zone, Patti. Hi, Anna. Thank you so much. I am so very pleased to be here with you. I really admire your work and I love the topics and the guests you bring <laughs> to the podcast. And now we have the privilege to have you here with your experience. And I want to start a little bit personal, if you allow me, because I think your passion now to help the leaders uh, create these strategic breakthroughs in their careers and businesses come from your own experience. So uh, can you give us an example in your own career, how do you have a, a meaningful breakthrough? Oh, I love that question. And I think it's a great way for us to start our conversation because, you know, it first brings to mind that the obstacles we face sometimes are the ones or many times are the ones that give us the greatest opportunity for growth. And the second thing, and, and this really ties with the question you're asking me and the experience I will share with you, is that because this experience really crystallized that we have more agency that we give ourselves permission to, right? So I am going to take us back about 20 years ago. And, um, and, and this was, you know, when I discovered the importance of leaning into curiosity and asking the right questions, because this is what really gave me the um, the courage to really step forward into that space of growth. So um, this is right after a job transfer into a new role that I thought was very advantageous, that had the right visibility for a potential future step to be a director level. And I very quickly find out that my transition into the new role is not going well at all. My my view, my feeling of my boss is that he had a very difficult personality and that he had really was very volatile. And for the first time in my life, I felt so disempowered, so anxious, so questioned. It was really something that I had not experienced before. 
So a couple of months into this new role, I just about had it. And after a, another yet very contentious discussion with my boss, I'm walking back to my office and it's, you know, a fairly long walk. And suddenly this question pops in my head. And it was, the question was, what if you do not have to feel vulnerable in this situation? And I'll tell you, the question just stopped me in my tracks. Mm. It just surprised me. Um, It was like literally an emotional jolt. And right there, I realized that I actually had more agency. And that's when I actually took my power back and I completely changed my mindset. I really empowered myself from that point forward. And I'll tell you the thing that I, and and this is why I really think this experience changed my life, because it's amazing how quickly the whole world changed for me. So let's unpack this, uh, because I think there is loads of uh, uh, life lessons here. Let's unpack this a little, because you said in the beginning that, okay, in the beginning, you had this transition for a new position that looked really great. Everything was like in alignment, wonderful. And then you soon enough uh, realized that things were not, go- were not good at all. How do you realize that? What was like the red flags that were uh, or the warning signs that were happening at the time? Well, uh, that's a good way, I think, of unpacking this, because I think the first sign was that I didn't feel I had the influence, the platform that I used to have before, the visibility. Um, And I think also... Um, This was a cross-functional move. So I was moving from being very well regarded as an expert in one area of the company to a completely different experience that while I was a senior manager at the time, it was a completely different field, right? So when you look at it objectively, my boss actually did have valid reasons to question things. Maybe even because he just wanted me to defend my position, you see? Mm -hmm. But one of the things I did not share, and I think it's relevant to to this discussion, is that before going into the role, a few people had told me that he was very difficult. So I went into the role already tainted, right? Already having this preconceived notion that I think when I started finding difficulties, I just started to reinforce this narrative, right? Yeah. So maybe he was not the more warm person. He had the reputation of being difficult and you were with some challenging in adapting to the new role that you had to grow to it. And was Correct. easy just to find the, the, ex, the external excuse, oh, uh, he's not making my life easy and uh, this is not for me or whatever were the excuses that come that are external was easier until that moment that you were describing that you maybe there is another way. Maybe I have more agency that I think when you took your power back. Yes, yes, because I think that when we find ourselves in these challenges, our mind works in a way in which we A, 
look to blame others. B, we look at others to quote unquote help us, right? So we go into kind of this either victim mode or we are looking for somebody else to rescue us. When the only one that can resolve the issue is us. And I think it's a natural thing. Yes, uh, uh, by nature and nurture, maybe we have, we can uh, uh, quickly pivot to the, the um, taking uh, the power or empower uh, the situation and decide what we can do. But uh, I think it's important to recognize what you are referring here, that it's quite normal to try to put the blame, so to speak, in the external circumstances. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes we we can put, the, some people will have the tendency to put the blame in themselves in just the, in a way that is not empowering, <laughs> is um, that makes them feel even worse and take more of their power. So, and knowing that this is um, a defense mechanism that uh, is happen often, I presume that now when you are working with uh, these leaders, that many of them also are in transition, you have to help them with uh, with these two, taking their power back, correct? Correct. Because, and I think that the big lesson for me from this experience was that Our mindset can be an enabler or can be a derailer in our career and in our life. And and the other lesson learned for me that I share very often uh, with my clients is our perception really paints our world and it influences our internal dialogue, our behaviors and the actions we take. So a key thing for anyone as a leader is to be able to have the courage to challenge themselves and their perceptions and just to check if they have fallen into, let's say, a cognitive bias trap. Let's go to the cognitive bias trap because I think it's really um, can happen a lot and usually in the beginning we are not aware of it. So Tell us an example. Can you illustrate that with an example? Absolutely. And you're very right. We are not aware of cognitive biases because that's it's a natural part of the human brain, right? So one example of a cognitive bias is one that I think people will be very familiar with, which is confirmation bias. Yeah. And that's essentially, we as human beings approach the world with a point of view. And we really pay more attention to the stuff that supports our point of view, while we discount or even do not even notice the stuff that contradicts our point of view. So one example of uh, confirmation bias is stereotyping. And, you know, in fact, neuroscience has studies have proven that, that the human brain is wired for confirmation bias as well as, you know, many other biases, right? Because it's, uh, it's, it's it's easier for our brain and in the learning process is easier. It's just like a shortcut that we have. Exactly. But that can create a a lot of problems if we don't uh, question it sometimes. 
but uh, so and I see that these uh, this cognitive bias and the confirmation bias in this case can even explain a lot uh, um, a lot of the systemic problems that we can have in companies and in society in general about inclusion and diversity. Yes, absolutely. And let me just touch one point that I see very often with a lot of the leaders I work with, and it's you know. If anyone is in a leadership position, they've rose there because, you know, they have been an expert in something. And this many times leads people to be very prescriptive and to have a lot of desire to offer answers, Mm. right? Because since they are the leader, their organization's quote unquote, expect them to have the right answers. And many times um, I ask my clients to experiment to having less of the right answers and having more of the right questions, because this really opens uh, an environment and a culture of discovery, of trust, of desire to collaborate. And, And through here, through, through this lens, through this culture, is where inclusivity happens. And I'll tell you something. There are many, many studies that show that the most successful organizations have leaders that are discovery-driven and that really, really nurture and foster curiosity awesome. in their teams. So, so let's go a little bit slower because, again, lots of wonderful things here to unpack. Because I think it's important, uh, like you said, we said in the beginning, that uh, there is a tendency for us to sometimes blame the outside. And um, there is also, uh, like you are describing, there is this narrow uh, wiring that um, um, for the confirmation bias. And that is something, so I think we have to recognize that all of us have some kind of conf- of confirmation bias and other types of cognitive bias. We cannot escape that, uh, yet we can be more open to, to see what you're saying in the beginning, a different perspective. And uh, if we let go a little bit of the expectation, that is another um, uh, bias, of that we are the experts that have to know everything, that have to have every answer and be able to be empowered as a leader thinking, no, I don't have to have every answer. I can have the, sometimes having the, the right powerful questions can make a bigger difference in the leadership and in the company. Then is when you we open ourselves to that curiosity. Yes, yes, and I, and I want to make one clarification. This is not what I call pretend curiosity. This is honest, genuine, intentional curiosity. And let me clarify this a little bit. Yes. Because some people may use leading questions and they have the tendency to use leading questions because in this way, they either reinforce their point of view or they influence the conversation so that um, they can convince others that what they are saying is the right way, right? So getting, and, confirming their own bias. Yes, 
And, you know, I mean, we, we are very smart as human beings, right? And, uh, and people see through that. And that breaks trust in, in the conversation. And it really puts people at, at the edge of their seats, right? Because they know that they're being manipulated. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about real intentional curiosity, the one that is the complete opposite of being judgmental. It's almost, I, I, I cannot stop myself of thinking about the work of Carol Dweck here. It's like, if we come to the table with a fixed mindset that we are determined to keep and to preserve and to justify, and uh, uh, we have to get into what you are calling this real curiosity, we have to uh, step into the growth mindset. First, recognize that we have a fixed mindset in certain areas and step into, I can learn something here. Right, right. And and in her experiments, the, the experiments that Carol Dweck did in Stanford University, that's exactly what she showed that our mindset can do two things. It can show us the opportunities, right? Through this this beginner's mindset, the exploration, the fun of, I'm going to resolve this challenge versus the self-defeating trap of, oh, I cannot do it. You know, it's the end of the road. That's, you know, I'm stuck in a problem and that's the fixed mindset right yeah. and and I don't mean it in a right or wrong way you know we all have blind spots we all behave either one way or the other and it's really really difficult for us to harness our mindset this is why we have to be so vigilant right um, Absolutely, because we can have, in general, a grow mindset in many areas, be very authentic and real curiosity in many areas, and then have some buckets that uh, we have uh, uh, fixed mindsets and that blind spots, uh, uh, and uh, be have the courage, like you were speaking uh, before, of uh, looking to things from different perspectives and to see, oh, maybe there is something to learn here. So how do you help your clients to cultivate this, cultivate this curiosity, the, this growth mindset? I have a little protocol that I help them use. But in general, uh, the first thing that I'll say is, that we need to, as leaders, we really need to bring about the conditions that will allow the people in our organization to be and behave at their best, okay? And and this is why this intentional curiosity, I, I truly believe, Anna, that curiosity is a superpower that not only is good for us to cultivate as individual and leaders, but also to give back. Because when we truly are interested in the well-being of the team, I'm going to put it in the team context now, and we really kind of are curious about our people and we foster this level of curiosity, what happens with the team is that they feel that they are welcome and that we're we're giving them permission to contribute and they and and they don't have to be afraid of 
you know, what kind of contribution they're going to do because we're just curious to hear their their opinion. And that is where, when you have a team that behaves in this way, that's where people really are keen to learn because they feel safe. They are keen to contribute and they're keen to challenge. And this is key because for an organization to be creative and to innovate, we need to be able to challenge it each other constructively and respectfully. And I think at that level of curiosity and at that level of of psychological safety as a team, that's where you have the best results. And this is what I try to share with my clients so they can experiment in the ways in which they can behave and they feel the feedback immediately in their teams. They can they can see it immediately. For some people, it's obviously more difficult than others because, because some people are more prescriptive by nature, but curiosity is absolutely a learnable skill. And you were saying that you have a protocol that you take some of your clients through. Yes. And and this I normally is more used on an individual basis. And it's funny because really it all started back with that first story that I shared with you because I became so fascinated with how quickly my whole professional trajectory changed with, you know, from being really feeling disempowered to, you know, going back to being successful professionally that I really wanted to dig more and more into how did this happen. So um, it's a little bit tongue in cheek, but I call it the aha uh, blueprint because it creates aha moments. Mm. And it stands for aware, hack, and act. So one of the things that I noticed in myself and also in my clients as, you know, as I have been working um, as an executive coach is that really the first step for us is to simply become aware that we are trapped, we're stuck in a mindset trap. Because once you become aware that this is happening, then you move into a more executive brain function in the prefrontal cortex, and you can actually make a choice. And this trap, this mindset trap becomes less powerful. And and to do that, to become aware, we really need to pay attention to either our thoughts or our body, because different people have different signals, but it usually works like a trigger. There is a trigger. For some people, they may become flush in the cheeks. Some people may go back to some thought pattern that they always fall into when they feel triggered. So the the first step is to learn how does this trigger shows up for us, right? So that is kind of the, the becoming aware of whatever are the physical, emotional, or mental patterns that we have. And then we need to kind of try to interrupt which is what I call the hack, because we want to put ourselves in a state in which we're not reactive, but we actually have this intentional state of choice. And to me, that is curiosity. 
but it's curiosity with the right questions. So in the coaching world, we call them powerful questions. But what it really means is these are the questions that you need because they're the right questions at the right moment. You know, it's almost like the question that you don't want to get asked. And it normally is the question that you cannot answer immediately. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's those questions that you go, huh, that's a good question. Because it makes you think, it makes you learn new things about your situation. Um, I think that one of the things that immediately puts me and others when I coach them is what are you overlooking? You know, what what assumptions do you have about this? Uh, what are you afraid might, might happen? I mean, these are the kinds of questions that, you know, really put us in a reflective mode where we can really ponder about what are these obstacles that we're facing, either that we're making through our perception or they're real. And and what I love what you are saying is that, yeah, we have these habits, we have these tendencies, we have this bias. Yes, it's essential that we become aware of something is going there, there of the triggers, uh, being physical, being cognitive, being the thoughts. We become aware of the triggers. Then is pressing that pause button that allows us to stop the reaction of the trigger and choose our response to that situation. And you are speaking about cultivating curiosity, allows ourselves to be vulnerable, uh, allow the time to answer these powerful questions. And that I really see the role of coaching there, of the coach there, really can make a huge difference because it's creating a, a place that people can uh, press that pause button and uh, uh, reflect on the, the those questions and uh, play with their curiosity and develop that curiosity. You're right, particularly when you have a skilled coach that you feel safe with, which is you know basically the definition of what you really want a coach to be, right? Yeah. So it's it's good to have a coach ask questions because we can become so skillful as we touched on before to really not want to dig into what's the real issue and a good coach will not let you go a good coach is is observing is noticing is witnessing is playing back to you and saying hmm i'm noticing this and then, you know, comes the question, how about, you know, have, have you considered? And, and, and then that brings the insight to the client. Peeling the onion. And is that uh, like a dance between becoming even more aware and right. be able to press the pause button, to choose the response, and then take us to the action mode, the act, the, the letter, the, right. ter- the second A of your blueprint. And 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 that is a, this third step, the act is essential because you know some people stay in the insight. But if you really want to transform yourself, your organization, um, your business, you really need to act. And what I try to encourage everyone is choose to act in a way that is positive. Choose to act in a way in which you're bringing value to 
everything you do and everyone you interact with. And the question that I pose to myself and to to my clients is, where can you be the solution? Where can you be the solution? And here is where I think we kind of start letting go all of the negativity and we really start looking at what's the opportunity out there, right? Love it. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I do think that skillful coaches are very important to help in transformation. But I also think that we can, with the right practice and intention, we can short circuit these mindset traps as well. Yeah. Because it's a choice. Shifting our mindset is a choice. And I think it's one of the most powerful choices we can make to have positive outcomes in our career and in our life. I love it. I love it. That is music to my ears here in the mindset zone. So how can people keep learning more about you and about the work you do? Oh, I think that the LinkedIn has every, my profile has all of my contact information. So I think that that's the best way for people to uh, to get in contact with me and to learn a little bit more about me. And do you have any quick tip on how people can cultivate the curiosity or what will be a practice or a bo- anything that in general helps people with the curiosity development? You're going to probably laugh at this, but I'll tell you that taking care of ourselves, sleeping, exercising, and eating well, because when our body and our mind are prime, then we can really allow the curiosity to shine through and overcome stresses. So I really believe that taking care of ourselves Uh, Being mindful, meditating is really important to let the curiosity come through. I absolutely agree. I have one of the episodes that I can put a link here in the show notes later uh, is um, about self-care. And uh, I use the image of the Maslow pyramid of needs. And we have to start with the basic needs first to taking care of ourselves in order to afterwards be in a position to actualize, to grow. Uh, We have to start by taking care of ourselves with the basic things first. Yes. So I could not agree more with you. <laughs> so thank you so much for your time today. And I will make sure that I put all the links for LinkedIn profile under the show notes of this episode too. Thank you. And I had so much fun. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And remember to visit mindset.com. Zone. Yes, instead of dot com, it's dot zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at mindset.zone. As always, I'm so grateful you are here. Expand what's possible for you, for the ones around you for the world.